Chapter 9 Regularity in Eating Part 1 Number of Meals Rest needed by the stomach. The stomach must have careful attention. It must not be kept in continual operation. Give this misused and much abused organ some peace and quiet and rest. After the stomach has done its work for one meal, do not crowd more work upon it before it has had a chance to rest and before a sufficient supply of gastric juice is provided by nature to care for more food. Five hours at least should elapse between each meal and always bear in mind that if you would give it a trial, you would find that two meals are better than three. Eat a substantial breakfast. It is the custom and order of society to take a slight breakfast, but this is not the best way to treat the stomach. At breakfast time, the stomach is in a better condition to take care of more food than at the second or third meal of the day. The habit of eating a sparing breakfast and a large dinner is wrong. Make your breakfast correspond more nearly to the heartiest meal of the day. Late suppers. For persons of sedentary habits, late suppers are particularly harmful. With them, the disturbance created is often the beginning of disease that ends in death. In many cases, the faintness that leads to a desire for food is felt because the digestive organs have been too severely taxed during the day. After disposing of one meal, the digestive organs need rest. At least five or six hours should intervene between the meals, and most persons who give the plan a trial will find that two meals a day are better than three. Many indulge in the pernicious habit of eating just before sleeping hours. They may have taken three regular meals, yet because they feel a sense of faintness, as though hungry, will eat a lunch or fourth meal. By indulging this wrong practice, it has become a habit and they feel as though they could not sleep without taking a lunch before retiring. In many cases, the cause of this faintness is because the digestive organs have been already too severely taxed through the day in disposing of unwholesome food forced upon the stomach too frequently and in too great quantities. The digestive organs thus taxed become weary and need a period of entire rest from labor to recover their exhausted energies. A second meal should never be eaten until the stomach has had time to rest from the labor of digesting the preceding meal. If a third meal be eaten at all, it should be light in several hours before going to bed. But with many, the poor, tired stomach may complain of weariness in vain. More food is forced upon it, which sets the digestive organs in motion, 
again to perform the same round of labor through the sleeping hours. The sleep of such is generally disturbed with unpleasant dreams, and in the morning they awake unrefreshed. There is a sense of languor and loss of appetite. A lack of energy is felt through the entire system. In a short time, the digestive organs are worn out, for they have had no time to rest. These become miserable dyspeptics and wonder what has made them so. The cause has brought the sure result. If this practice be indulged in a great length of time, the health will become seriously impaired. The blood becomes impure, the complexion sallow, and eruptions will frequently appear. You will often hear complaints from such of frequent pains and soreness in the region of the stomach. And while performing labor, the stomach becomes so tired that they are obliged to desist from work and rest. They seem to be at loss to account for this state of things. For, setting this aside, they are apparently healthy. The cause and cure of that all-gone feeling those who are changing from three meals a day to two will at first be troubled more or less with faintness, especially about the time they have been in the habit of eating their third meal. But if they persevere for a short time, this faintness will disappear. The stomach, when we lie down to rest, should have its work all done, that it may enjoy rest, as well as other portions of the body. The work of digestion should not be carried on through any period of the sleeping hours. After the stomach, which has been overtaxed, has performed its task, it becomes exhausted, which causes faintness. Here, many are deceived and think that it is the want of food which produces such feelings. And without giving the stomach time to rest, they take more food, which for the time removes the faintness. And the more the appetite is indulged, the more will be its clamors for gratification. This faintness is generally the result of meat eating and eating frequently and too much. The stomach becomes weary by being kept constantly at work, disposing of food not the most healthful. Having no time for rest, the digestive organs become enfeebled, hence the sense of goneness and desire for frequent eating. The remedy such require is to eat less frequently and less liberally, and be satisfied with plain, simple food, eating twice or at most three times a day. The stomach must have its regular periods for labor and rest. Hence, eating irregularly and between meals is a most pernicious violation of the laws of health. With regular habits and proper food, the stomach will gradually recover. The stomach may be so educated as to desire food eight times a day 
and feel faint if it is not supplied. But this is no argument in favor of so frequent eating. The two-meal plan. In most cases, two meals a day are preferable to three. Supper, when taken at an early hour, interferes with the digestion of the previous meal. When taken later, it is not itself digested before bedtime. Thus, the stomach fails of securing proper rest. The sleep is disturbed. The brain and nerves are wearied. The appetite for breakfast is impaired. The whole system is unrefreshed and is unready for the day's duties. The practice of eating but two meals a day is generally found a benefit to health. Yet under some circumstances, persons may require a third meal. This should, however, if taken at all, be very light and of food most easily digested. Crackers, the English biscuit, or Zweibach, and fruit or cereal coffee are the foods best suited for the evening meal. Most people enjoy better health while eating two meals a day than three. Others under their existing circumstances may require something to eat at supper time, but this meal should be very light. Let no one think himself a criterion for all, that everyone must do exactly as he does. Never cheat the stomach out of that which health demands, and never abuse it by placing upon it a load which it should not bear. Cultivate self-control. Restrain appetite. Keep it under the control of reason. Do not feel it necessary to load down your table with unhealthful food when you have visitors. The health of your family and the influence upon your children should be considered, as well as the habits and tastes of your guests. To some, it is a temptation too strong to be resisted to see others eat the third meal, and they imagine they are hungry when the feeling is not a call of the stomach for food, but a desire of the mind that has not been fortified with firm principle and discipline to self-denial. As a remedy for irritability, the course of Brother H has not been what it should have been. His likes and dislikes are very strong, and he has not kept his own feelings under the control of reason. Brother H, your health is greatly injured by overeating and eating at improper times. This causes a determination of blood to the brain. The mind becomes confused, and you have not the proper control of yourself. You appear like a man whose mind is unbalanced. You make strong moves, are easily irritated, and view things in an exaggerated and perverted light. Plenty of exercise in the open air and an abstemious diet are essential to your health. 
You should not eat more than two meals a day. If you feel that you must eat at night, take a drink of cold water, and in the morning you will feel much better for not having eaten. None to be forced to discard their third meal. With regard to the diet question, this matter must be handled with such wisdom that no overbearing will appear. It should be shown that to eat two meals at is far better for the health than to eat three. But there must be no authoritative forcing seen. No one connected with the sanitarium should be compelled to adopt the two-meal system. Persuasion is more appropriate than force. The days are now growing shorter, and it will be a good time to present this matter. As the days shorten, let dinner be a little later, and then the third meal will not be felt necessary. In regard to the third meal, do not make eating but two meals compulsory. Some do best health-wise when eating three light meals, and when they are restricted to two, they feel the change severely not to be a test. I eat only two meals a day, but I do not think that the number of meals should be made a test. If there are those who are better in health when eating three meals, it is their privilege to have three. I choose two meals. For 35 years I have practiced the two-meal system. Objectionable results of enforcing the two-meal plan in training schools. The impression is upon many minds that the diet question is being carried to extremes. When students combine physical and mental taxation so largely as they do at this school, Avondale, the objection to the third meal is to a great extent removed then no one needs to feel abused. Those who conscientiously eat only two meals need not change in this at all. The fact that some teachers and students have the privilege of eating in their rooms is not creating a healthful influence. There must be harmonious action in the conducting of meals. If those who only eat two meals have the idea that they must eat enough at the second meal to answer for the third meal also, they will injure their digestive organs. Let the students have the third meal, prepared without vegetables, but with simple wholesome food such as fruit and bread. Part 2 eating between meals, the importance of regularity. After the regular meal is eaten, the stomach should be allowed to rest for five hours. Not a particle of food should be introduced into the stomach till the next meal. In this interval, the stomach will perform its work and will then be in a condition to receive more food. In no case should the meals be irregular. 
If dinner is eaten an hour or two before the usual time, the stomach is unprepared for the new burden, for it has not yet disposed of the food eaten at the previous meal and has not vital force for new work. Thus the system is overtaxed. Neither should the meals be delayed one or two hours to suit circumstances or in order that a certain amount of work may be accomplished. The stomach calls for food at the time it is accustomed to receive it. If that time is delayed, the vitality of the system decreases and finally reaches so low an ebb that the appetite is entirely gone. If food is then taken, the stomach is unable to properly care for it. The food cannot be converted into good blood. If all would eat at regular periods, not tasting anything between meals, they would be ready for their meals and would find a pleasure in eating that would repay them for their effort. Regularity in eating is of vital importance. There should be a specified time for each meal. At this time, let everyone eat what the system requires and then take nothing more until the next meal. There are many who eat when the system needs no food at irregular intervals and between meals because they have not sufficient strength of will to resist inclination. When traveling, some are constantly nibbling if anything eatable is within their reach. This is very injurious. If travelers would eat regularly of food that is simple and nutritious, they would not feel so great weariness nor suffer so much from sickness. Regularity in eating should be carefully observed. Nothing should be eaten between meals, no confectionery, nuts, fruits, or food of any kind. Irregularities in eating destroy the healthful tone of the digestive organs to the detriment of health and cheerfulness. And when the children come to the table, they do not realize wholesome food. Their appetites crave that which is hurtful for them. There has not been in this family the right management in regard to diet. There has been irregularity. There should have been a specified time for each meal, and the food should have been prepared in a simple form and free from grease. But pains should have been taken to have it nutritious, healthful, and inviting. In this family, as also in many others, a special parade has been made for visitors. Many dishes prepared and frequently made too rich so that those seated at the table would be tempted to eat to excess. Then, in the absence of company, there was a great reaction, a falling off in the preparation brought on the table. The diet was spare and lacked nourishment. It was considered not so much matter just for ourselves. The meals were frequently picked up and the regular time for eating not regarded. Every member of the family was injured by such management. It is a sin 
for any of our sisters to make such great preparations for visitors and wrong their own families by a spare diet which will fail to nourish the system. I am astonished to learn that after all the light that has been given in this place, many of you eat between meals. You should never let a morsel pass your lips between your regular meals. Eat what you ought, but eat it at one meal, and then wait until the next. Many turn from light and knowledge and sacrifice principle to taste. They eat when the system needs no food and at irregular intervals because they have no moral stamina to resist inclination. As the result, the abused stomach rebels and suffering follows. Regularity in eating is very important for health of body and serenity of mind. Never should a morsel of food pass the lips between meals. And the dyspeptic, what has made him dyspeptic is taking this course. Instead of observing regularity, he has let appetite control him and has eaten between meals. Children are generally untaught in regard to the importance of when, how, and what they should eat. They are permitted to indulge their tastes freely, to eat at all hours, to help themselves to fruit when it tempts their eyes. And this with the pie, cake, bread and butter, and sweetmeats eaten almost constantly makes them gormans and dyspeptics. The digestive organs, like a mill which is continually kept running, become enfeebled. Vital force is called from the brain to aid the stomach in its overwork and thus the mental powers are weakened. The unnatural stimulation and wear of the vital forces make them nervous, impatient of restraint, self-willed and irritable. Many parents, to avoid the task of patiently educating their children to habits of self-denial and teaching them how to make a right use of all the blessings of God, indulge them in eating and drinking whenever they please. Appetite and selfish indulgence, unless positively restrained, grow with the growth and strengthen with the strength. It is quite a common custom with people of the world to eat three meals a day. Besides eating at irregular intervals between meals, and the last meal is generally the most hearty and is often taken just before retiring. This is reversing the natural order. A hearty meal should never be taken so late in the day. Should these persons change their practice and eat but two meals a day and nothing between meals, not even an apple, a nut, or any kind of fruit, the result would be seen in a good appetite and greatly improved health. When traveling, some are almost constantly nibbling if there is anything within their reach. This is a most pernicious practice. Animals that do not have reason and that know nothing of mental taxation may do this without injury.
but they are no criterion for rational beings who have mental powers that should be used for God and humanity. Gluttonous feasts and food taken into the stomach at untimely seasons leave an influence upon every fiber of the system. Many eat at all hours, regardless of the laws of health. Then gloom covers the mind. How can men be honored with divine enlightenment when they are so reckless in their habits, so inattentive to the light which God has given in regard to these things? Brethren, is it not time for you to be converted on these points of self-indulgence? Three meals a day and nothing between meals, not even an apple, should be the utmost limit of indulgence. Those who go further violate nature's laws and will suffer the penalty.